0: The following is a message from Reverend Ken Meldon of Wellsprings Congregation. Last week, I began a new message series called So Good Seeds about the development of our spiritual character, that this is the heart and the hope of this progressive spiritual tradition of which we are a part. Now, I ended the message by talking about three words that begin with C that are often used to describe the development of our innate capacity to grow spiritually and to flourish. The first is comprehension, comprehension, which is limited in that many of us know many things. It does not mean necessarily that we will flourish and grow. The second is construction, the idea that we build our spiritual character much the same way an architect in a construction company might raise a building up into the skies, The only problem with that metaphor is that sometimes, oftentimes, growing our spiritual character also means going down and in, not just building up, up, and away. The third C, my preferred description of developing our capacity for spiritual character, is cultivation. Cultivation like growing a garden. Like sowing the good seeds within us that we are born. And one of the reasons that I love this particular description of cultivating our spiritual character is this, is that a seed cannot grow by itself. Air, sun, water, dirt, all of the weather together bring out the capacity for that seed's potential. In the same way the seed cannot grow by itself, the soul cannot grow by itself. So our spiritual character is cultivated by way of connection, by way of connecting our hearts to other people's hearts, our lives with other people's lives. Connection matters utmost. Now, I thought of this, this particularly this past week, when I saw this happy news in my Facebook feed. This is from my buddy Ian Mount, who was my roommate last year I was at Hill School, when I was at boarding school, 1987-1998. He's a writer now, and he's a very successful writer, and he put this on his Facebook page. He said, this whole bragging on Facebook meme can be painful, but I just have to say it's pretty cool to see your name in the top carousel on the New Yorker website, that's Ian Mount. I mean, he's written for the Wall Street Journal. He's written for GQ. He's written for the Inquirer. He's written for all kinds of new media, old media. He's done live shots from where he used to live in Buenos Aires and Argentina for Public Radio International. But the New Yorker people, this is the grail if you're a writer. This is the holy of holies. And so I'm happy for him. And at the same time, he was right. This whole bragging on Facebook meme can be painful. I was aware of this particularly this past week when I read these words with the title Facebook and the Rise of Competitive Parenting. Some of you are shaking your head, nodding, getting it. Well, this is from a woman named Susan Jennings writing in the Salt Lake City Tribune. And she says she feels this rise in her competitive juices flowing and not in a productive or good way when she sees that a child the same age as her own has mastered this child's multisyllabic first name in perfect chalk drawing, has mastered it. And when she sees the parent of this child producing these amazing five-star meals and putting them onto Facebook, when her own child with one-syllable name cannot draw her name straight in chalk yet, and the meals that she is making, well, she says they're more fitted perhaps for old country buffet. And she references in this piece much more than just her own experience. In fact, there are several studies that say this, that the more time we spend on social media, on things like Facebook, taking a look at other people's lives, the less good or less positive we are likely to feel about our own. Because we enter into this comparative website. This comparative mindset, this sense of how am I doing compared to the people who I think I should be aspiring to be like. This, I think, is the great psychological, interpersonal insight of one of the Ten Commandments Thou shalt not covet. I mean, there's other good ones like thou shalt not kill. We'd like to believe more people practice that one than they do. But thou shalt not covet the psychological insight, the emotional, interpersonal insight, knowing that we are social creatures, it's really wise. Because we can read that every moment that we are envying someone else's life is a moment that we are diminishing our own life. Now, I love social media. I am on social media a lot. Some of you know this. I have a chance to get in touch with my comparative mindset I don't do it with parents. I'm not a parent. I do it with other ministers. (laughs) I love social media. And we at Wellsprings use social media in really beneficial ways. We're three days into our seventh year of doing 30 days of gratitude practice together. We had like over 600 page views the last couple days. Folks are really tuning into this. It's a great practice. Not too late to start. Just the third day in. But the point is, in this hyper-connected world... The ways that we interact with each other may leave us feeling even more disconnected when in fact what we're looking for is profound connection. I got an amazing reminder on the the power, the elemental power of our capacity, our need, our drive, To have to touch other people, to connect to other people in meaningful ways, I got it from a most unlikely source last weekend. Let me give you a little background here. This is my buddy, Rob, who is married to one of my best friends from college, Melissa. I did their wedding in September of 2002. My favorite people walking the earth. Rob is some high-up muckety-muck in the World Bank. That's 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 the technical description. High-up muckety-muck in the World Bank in Washington, D.C. He is one of the few people I know who actually still has to wear a suit to the office every day. He's got his PhD in political economy. He's a bright guy. And so when he mentioned to me what one of their core practices are in the World Bank, I was shocked. It's this. hugging point. Rob first became aware of this at one of those think innovation, creative visionary conferences, you know, where like with the president hangs out with the president of Google. And the president of Google lets the president know that the president of Google is actually much more powerful than the president of the United States. (laughs) But it's one of those kind of conferences And at this Think Big, this visionary conference of all these incredibly creative people, one of the questions was, how do we bring out the best in our people and people themselves so they're most creative and can work together most beneficially and they can flourish? And this is one of the ideas they came up with, the hugging point. Because you know what happens at the hugging point in buttoned-down, tied-up Washington, D.C., World Bank office. This is what happens. If you stop at the hugging point in the World Bank office or in any office that has a hugging point, you stand there until someone comes by and gives you a hug. That's what it's about. That's what a hugging point is. I need a hug. People at the World Bank need a hug. I imagine people at your workplace, people in your home need a hug. Last week I mentioned in this first of the series, So Good Seeds, that it's not going to be a new idea, a new theology, a new belief that saves us from our cruelty, our malice, our indifference, our ability, sadly, to cause each other harm. A new idea, a new belief won't save us. The hugging point demonstrates it's not a new idea or a new belief. Just a creative commitment to one of the first instincts we have. One of the most elemental parts of who we are. Hold me. (laughs) To develop from this place this need to touch and to be touched and to develop what is already ours. And to sow the seeds of character. And by the way, the hugging point, this has a lot of research that's gone into it. There is a TED Talk. I think some of you might know the TED Talks, these amazing 15, 20-minute pieces you can find online. They're about technology, education, design. Well, there's one of these by a guy named Paul Zak. Paul Zak is what he calls himself a neuroeconomist. He takes a look at what goes on in the brain when people make a decision to purchase something or engage in a market. Now, Paul Zak is really interesting on how, how markets can operate in a healthy fashion. He identifies this with empathy, with trust, with compassion, with connection. And so he identifies, as someone who studies the neurology of how we make our decisions, he's identified with what he calls the miracle molecule the bonding molecule, oxytocin. Any of you know what oxytocin is? Actually, I see you're holding hands right now, so you're making a little oxytocin connection. (laughs) Oxytocin is particularly valuable to newborns. It's one of the reasons maybe when you've read those studies about uh, children who were born but orphaned after World War II and they had all their physical needs taken care of and yet didn't have someone to hold, to comfort, to swallow them, that many of these children were not able to thrive or survive. Oxytocin, that bonding molecule that needs honoring within us, that maybe is the original seed of all the flourishing of character that will come later. And so Paul Zach, the neuroeconomist, recommends this. You need, we need Eight hugs a day, minimum. Eight hugs a day, minimum. And not just pro hug, (laughs) a hug. We need eight hugs a day, minimum, to help us flourish, to help us engage that capacity for empathy, trust, connection, compassion, all the things of our character, personally and interpersonally, that help us flourish. And this is not just about connecting with the people that we know well already. Take a look at the front of your order of service, if you would. Take a look at the picture on there. It's there very intentionally. It's from a series, an art series, called Simply Touching Strangers. These two people posed intimately, did not know each other until the photographer asked them, walking down a New York street, to pose. These... Two people did not know each other. These two people did not know each other. Those three people that you hold in your hands did not know each other. And at first, yes, it is reported from the folks who engaged in this touching stranger's art project, this work of art, at first they said it felt a little weird <laughs> To get so intimate with someone they did not know well. But the amazing thing as these folks were interviewed is they said the basic act of connecting with another person in an intimate way, even though they did not know them. Sometimes the way we live our lives, we think, okay, if I have sufficient knowledge about someone, then I can care. But what happens if it works the other way around? What happens if the connection comes first, and then we open to each other and learn about each other. One of the participants in the Touching Strangers piece said simply, and he spoke for many of the people who've been involved in this art project, he said, I don't, I don't know how, but I came to care about her. This stranger he was touching. Reminds me, many years ago, I read in a piece about the cultivation, not the construction, not the comprehension, but the cultivation of empathy. That empathy cannot be taught, but empathy can be caught. By the way, this is one of our home practices in in my household, my wife and myself. We're just like everyone else. We're just like you. We have rough days. We have unhappy days. We have sad days. And so sometimes my wife will come through the door and I can see on her face that this was not a happy day. And so I will say, does someone need some oxytocin? (laughs) Except, I don't know, we want to make it a little bit more childlike, maybe because we don't have kids of our own. And so we say, who would like some oxymetocin? (laughs) Putting that little M in there just makes it a little more silly. And we won't give each other a bro hug. She's not my bro, she's my wife. (laughs) And the oxytocin levels will rise. So I want to ask you today, folks, I'm going to ask you to make a commitment. If it's good enough for the World Bank, is it good enough for Wellsprings? Wow, that was that an (laughs) underwhelming answer. I will be clear, would you like a hugging point here at Wellsprings? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> then a hugging point you shall have. <laughs> you get the hug is the hug you get there. <laughs> if you want someone to hug you go and ask them, but when you stand at the hugging point eventually someone will pass you by and they'll know you want to hug. And hopefully they'll give it to you. We can get so lost in our thoughts. We can get so lost in our ideas of life. We can get so lost in our desire. Are we good enough? Are we smart enough? Are we strong enough? That we can miss the vital connections that are just here already and make for the composition and the cultivation of really life-changing community possible in the first place. The cultivation of our character is not really about learning anything new. If anything, it might be about unlearning our conditioning. Many of us have this conditioning for all the right reasons. We've been hurt. We've been disappointed. We've hurt others. Our hearts have been broken. And so maybe learning to trust to the simplicity of something like a hug Will get us to unlearn some of that conditioning that armors our hearts and separates us each one from the other. A friend of mine got a really powerful message of this years ago. He was in seminary. He was a real bright guy, a buddy of mine from Yale Divinity School, who went on to get his PhD in early Christian origins. And himself was becoming an Episcopal priest. And he was, at that point in his life, engaged with the spiritual director, who's like a psychologist but really just focuses on your spiritual life and doesn't seek to kind of answer the big question, like Goodwill Hunting, love that movie, but there's a moment in which, aha, they know why he's so screwed up. (laughs) Spiritual direction isn't like that. Spiritual direction is an encouragement to go deeper into our lives. And my friend was really struggling with his call, asking that question of his spiritual director, what does God want me to do? To be an academic, to be a priest, to follow my call elsewhere. What does God want me to do? What does God want from me? And the spiritual director just stopped for a moment and said, what if God just wants to give you a hug? And my friend was totally Disarmed. We can walk around armed to the teeth with our defenses and our wanting mind and our comparisons. Am I good enough? Am I smart enough? And yes, as that old SNL character said, you know, then will people like me? See, that's a losing battle for many of us when we engage in that comparison because we can only find someone we think is doing it better. But what if the very heart of the nature of the universe is this? The desire to hold us close. The desire to embrace us. And not just that, because I believe in a relational understanding of God and divinity, but wants us to hug back. (laughs) Wants us to embrace and be embraced. Talk about not original sin, but original blessing what if all this pressure we put upon ourselves to create connections to create the right conditions in which life can flourish what if all we really need to do in the first place is just recall the connections that we already are and that we already have we don't need perfection for this we just need the willingness to show up to be a part of a community of character And to begin to make real in here the kind of character that we hope to carry with us in the walls beyond this place. Because we might say with justification that yes, if I cultivate compassion, yes, if I cultivate my character, then I am just a sucker waiting to be taken advantage of. I think that's a misunderstanding because kindness is not niceness and compassion is not weakness. But still it's a legitimate fear for many of us. Maybe we'll be taken advantage of. And for that, I might just give you this image how to change the world. Whole bunch of angry people over here in this first panel, skull and crossbones, rah rah rah, 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 rah. And one person standing over here. Oxytocin. A little heart. Ra rah rah rah. Oxytocin? Oxytocin. Rah, rah. But a couple of people are starting to come over, starting to come over, starting to come over. Oxytocin. Connection. You want a hug? Starting to walk away from that angry, embittered, comparing, contrasting way of being. Notice they're all holding hands in this bottom panel. Ah oh, the oxytocin is flowing deep in these folks. And the person left over there. Oxytocin. That's how we can change the world. And raise the bar for all of us. And know that we are wired to connect and for compassion. Another friend of mine from high school wrote in my yearbook He was from Colombia, and he wrote in Spanish because he said he wanted me to get better at my translating skills. (laughs) And so roughly in my head, what he wrote is this, a saying from his native country, that human beings are not like mountains, solid and on their own. Human beings are warm and fluid. And our strength lies in our ability to connect. So today, see if you can get your eight hugs. See if you can get them before you walk out the room here today. (laughs) Because you know what? You're not a mountain. (laughs) None of us are. We are strong, but in different ways than mountains are strong. We are here to connect, to cultivate the character that is waiting to be born within us. What a noble reason that we are together. And I'm very grateful that you're here. Amen. And may you live in blessing. Let's pray together. These arms divine, these arms of ours, These arms of each and every one of us, coming from and destined for that original embrace. May we practice the art of embracing. May we practice the art of learning to be embraced. May we practice the art of knowing that we can be held. And that we can hold, and that we are truly, finally, unalterably beloved. Amen. If you enjoyed this message and would like to support the mission of Wellsprings, go to our website, wellspringsuu.org. That's Wellsprings, the letters uu.org.